The reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 to 14. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, our focus on following Jesus is on just two verses here in chapter 7, the last two we read, verses 13 and 14. When looking at the text in isolation, we must remind ourselves of the context. Jesus is teaching his disciples. Yes, while he's doing that, crowds are gathering around listening, and yes, they are amazed at his teaching. But his teaching is directed at disciples. So if you're a disciple of Jesus this morning, this teaching is directed at you. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, show us by your Holy Spirit the message that Jesus would have us hear and understand, so that your words of life are written in our hearts. And our lives reflect more each day the character of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Jesus uh, draws together an application of what he's been teaching so far in the Sermon on the Mount in a metaphor by saying you have two choices. The only life-giving choice is the narrow gate. This is a costly choice when it comes to our pride, for we have to be prepared to lay down everything and submit to the authority of Jesus 
if we enter into the full life of the kingdom of God. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. These verses are familiar to some of you and you probably think that nothing could be clearer than what's expressed here in the New Living Translation. But some are probably thinking, isn't this a bit bigoted? Maybe I'll stop listening now. In looking at all that Jesus said and did, we need to pay careful attention not to jump to the wrong conclusion because we've read the whole story before or we're convinced that we know what it's saying. Whatever your position is right now, I don't want you to miss out on some important teaching for those who follow or are thinking about following Jesus. While it's true to say that Christian faith is first to believe and then receive the gift of grace, the grace of God, which is the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, so too think that we might justify ourselves before God because that will only result in failure. For the Bible tells us, if we didn't already know it, that we all fall far short of the standard of God's perfection or holiness. Let me just clarify uh, that word holiness. Holiness is not self-achieved perfection, but a pointing to the perfect reality of the holy God. It would be helpful to us in discerning what Jesus had in mind to read another account where he speaks using similar metaphors. So first, we could only enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. The Greek text uh, is uh, telling us that the narrow gate is small and leading to a way that's compressed. You can, I, I can imagine that camel, you know, trying to go through the eye of a needle, which Jesus refers to later on, you know, and he's dressed in the regalia and carrying precious things, and he's squeezing through. If any of you have seen Mick Inkpen's children's book, then you'll know what I'm talking about. The poor camel is sweating. Life is compressed, and the only way through the narrow gate is to get rid of the whole lot and come as you are. So, turning to the similar metaphor in Luke 13, Jesus is talking about a narrow door. He says, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but will fail. Here, the Greek word is strive, make every effort, work hard. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything you can do to earn your salvation? There's a few heads nodding. We all know, of course not, there's nothing. But why do we behave as if there were some effort in working hard and getting on God's right side? Let's face it, we're all on the wrong side already until we recognise what Jesus has done to put us on the right side. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to Romans 6, reminds us 
He reminds the Christians there who he's writing to, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, why is Jesus saying, work hard? The striving to enter the narrow door, like the camel going through the eye of a needle that Jesus refers to, is part and parcel of what it is to enter into the life of being a disciple of Christ. Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of heaven not as a far away in an out of this world kind of place. He is speaking about it as a present reality. Telling us that to inhabit the life of the kingdom of God now will be a struggle, but we're to strive for it. Jesus is urging his disciples to press in to experience the power of God's kingdom in their lives now. There's a real sense in which, having already received the gift of salvation, we will come to those times in our lives when we have a choice, when we're faced with two gates, two doors, two roads. One of these requires no effort at all, and the other a struggle. As Christians, we're not exempt from making the easy choices and avoiding the struggle, even though the struggle will bring the experience of the faithfulness of God and the fullness of the life of God's kingdom. There is a struggle because pulling at us is the logic and rationale of the world and its cultures as distinct from acting in obedience to the commands of God, how Jesus calls us to live as citizens of his kingdom. In a Church Times letter uh, a few years ago, a clergyman wrote, there's a gaping chasm between where the country is and where the Church of England is. That has led many leaders in the Church of England and many more lay members to choose the broad way that, in effect, leads to destruction, to deny God altogether. If Jesus is right, there will always be a gaping chasm between those who follow his teaching and obey his commands and the rest of the world. Living the life of the kingdom of God will be a struggle. Jesus didn't say, take up your cross daily just to give a bit of dramatic effect to his message but he has given us his Holy Spirit to equip us with the power of heaven to make the difficult choice and to reveal his glory this narrow way will be like the experience of Jesus and his disciples the way of conflict and a struggle it means choosing to forgive of living in sexual purity, of not judging others, of not pointing the finger, of giving and not counting the cost, of not craving the limelight but putting personal integrity above the approval of people. For many Christians today, it means persecution 
and death. Verse 13 continues, The highway to destruction is broad and its gate is wide for the many of who choose that way. When it comes to the broad gate, I want to be faithful to the text. I do like the New Living Translation. I find more people understand it than when they're reading the NIV. But the NIV is right here in its use of destruction, because that's the word the Greek uses, not hell. Obviously, we all know that when, as Christians, we make ungodly choices, we're not living in the fullness of God's kingdom. Jesus, in Luke 19, emphasizes that choice to follow him as a daily choice. Then he said to the crowds, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. So I also want to turn to Luke's account of the narrow door. Let me just read his words. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside, knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. And then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who seem least important now will be greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be least important then. Here in Luke 13, there's no reference to a broad gate, but it's clear that many will be excluded from the kingdom of God. Jesus makes several references to losing hands or eyes rather than being lost to hell. So when we read in Matthew of the broad way, it's the one that leads to destruction, defeat, ruin, the loss of inheritance. That way is one without a baggage limit. You can take all your baggage with you. It's like the luxury airlines where you don't have to give packing a second thought. Unlike fly easy, which is not easy at all, anything but. You have to take just the barest essentials. The broad gate means... Go on living as you always have. Make money. Mix with beautiful friends. You don't have to leave anything behind. Go with the natural urges. It's the quick and easy satisfaction. It's basically a deceitful alternative to the narrow 
way of life. It's the way that avoids the cross. This is the destruction of which Jesus talks and it leads in the Christian life to lack, lack of treasure in heaven or heaven rewards and sorrow in this life rather than joy. Jesus sums up the core of this message and you can find them in John 12, 25. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. And those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. If we're honest, we're loving this life too much and not giving up to follow Jesus. I like Joshua's words in Joshua 24. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who will you who you will serve. Will you prefer the gods of your ancestors, the ones they served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? These gods were dumb, unspeaking, made by hands. Our God is the living God, the speaking God, the one who sent Jesus to rescue us, the God who is full of grace and truth, who calls us to the way of the cross in order that we will inherit the kingdom of God. And Joshua said to the rest of the house of Israel, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Our Father in heaven, holy and merciful God, have mercy on us. Thank you that Jesus promised that when we follow him, our burden will be light. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that your Son promised to be with us always and to equip us with the Holy Spirit. Thank you that no matter what befalls us in this world, we will be raised to the life immortal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.